This is the greatest hour to follow Jesus. I remember, I remember mm, a little, maybe a year ago, I had a dream. I had a dream about this church. And I was walking, and I, I was in Orlando, and I was walking, and, and um, I was walking, and it was, it was beautiful. It was serene. It was the most beautiful pastoral picture uh, that you could imagine. And it was, it was like setting sun you know, the, the, the perfect color time with the brilliant skies and everything. It was that kind of picture. And I'm walking, and as I'm walking, I'm looking to my left, and I see this glow. I see this beautiful, glorious glow. And I know that it's Jesus Image Church that's over there. And I can tell where it is because of the glory that's encamped over it. And as I'm walking, I could see that, that I realized that I was not on earth. I realized that in this dream, I was in heaven. And I was seeing what heaven has established. And I just want you to know, Jesus Image Church, that this isn't a dream of man. This just isn't a dream of Michael and Jessica this was long ago established in the heart of God, and it's established in the realm of the Spirit, and it, it is, it is going to be glorious, and it's going to continue to increase, and the sound in this room is reaching across the globe, and God's using you to do it, and what an honor, and, and what an courage. My, my, I told you about uh, my, my uh, son and his wife. Uh, Jeff and Elizabeth, their executive pastors, and they were at a conference in Egypt about a month and a half ago. And they're in Egypt, and, and it, was, it was awesome. And they're sitting at a table with all these young Egyptian people. And they're, they're, they're talking to them. They said, the Egyptian said to my son, why do we know you? And he said, I don't know, we're at the Dwelling Place Church in Houston. And they go, no, no, we know something. And suddenly they go, Michael and Jessica, Jesus Image Church. That's our church here in Egypt. We all watch Jesus Image every night. And one lady, the sound is bigger that's in this room, guys. The sound is big. It's big in the spirit. It's glorious. It's heavenly. And it is, it is beautiful what's happening here. And, uh, and, they, and one lady said, yeah, I got healed. So we sent the video and I said, they sent the picture of this lady and her testimony. But what's really funny is there was a Chinese lady from my, mainland China standing there. And she goes, oh, Jesus image? That's my church too. In, in mainland China. <laughs> it's so good. Can you thank God for that? Come on. Thank you, Jesus, for the heavenly calling. So be refreshed and be encouraged. And when Michael said prophetic night, I don't, I don't want to say prophetic, but it kind of is. Uh, but I'm not trying to be. Is that all right? But I do want you to have hope. And I do want you to know what God's doing. 
And I do want you to know God's in control. And I do want you to know you are the most blessed people on earth and to live full of courage and know what's going on. I want us to know the hour that we live in, the time that we're living in. The Bible uses different words for time. Chronos time, chronological time, like you were taken, God took you out of eternity. He dreamed you and he placed you in this time. You are not a mistake in this time. You were put here by the plan of God in the last of the last days to be sitting in this room tonight in Jesus image church. And we didn't get a vote about that, right? God, like we were born here. You know, we didn't pick our family. We, got, we, we were born here. But then there's another word in the Bible called kairos time. And uh, I never know how to say it. But anyway, y'all know what I mean. And that's the seasons of God. That can be the suddenlies of God. That is the individual timing that's different for each one of you sitting in this room that God comes to you with and he tugs your heart or he speaks to you from the word of God with kairos moments and those we do have something to do with. Kairos moments we have to yield to. Kairos moments we have to recognize what God is doing is say, yes, Lord, show me more. Lead on, Lord. I will follow you wherever you lead me. And so some of you tonight may shift over into a kairos moment. And then another really beautiful word for time in the Bible is found in Acts chapter 3 and verse 1 when Peter and John were going to the gate beautiful and there was the man at the gate beautiful. That, that, that word gate and, and, or beautiful actually means beautiful time. You can look it up. It's crazy. It means like a beautiful time. And so there's another time in the word of God. And that is when we are led by the Holy Spirit that we line up with heaven and we step into the timing of God. And it's beautiful because God will have you at the right time, at the right place to pull people into the kingdom of God or to minister to them or to pray for them. And then the last one is Moedas, appointments. And that's what he established with Israel in the Old Testament that every year they had to appear three times. And there are the feast of God. And we know those are, mo those are the appointments with God. And once again, God didn't ask us if we wanted appointments. He told us these appointments. And I've got good news for you. Jesus is coming back. There's an appointment with planet Earth. It doesn't matter what the devil has to say about it. It doesn't matter about anything else because there's an appointment. It is established. It is set. And we are living in those set times of destiny. So all of this timing is working together. That's good, isn't it? All the timing is working together. And you and I just need to yield to what God's doing. Yield to it and what he's doing. And so I do want you to be encouraged and I do want you to, to, to be blessed. So um, just real quickly, John chapter 2, the gospel of John chapter 2. I, I came across a young man from uh, pastors in uh, 
Las Vegas by the name of Benny Perez. And I, I, I don't really listen to him. I haven't. But I don't even know how I came across this podcast, but it was the Lord because this miracle of Jesus that I'm going to lead to speak to you about just for a moment, this miracle of Jesus, the first miracle that Jesus did in his public, mir- uh, public ministry at Cana of Galilee. And I had, I had looked at this and I knew there was something prophetic about this. And what he said just sparked some things in me. And so for weeks, I've been going over this. And then we're going to look in Isaiah 60, and I'm, we're going to end up on the glory. We're headed for the glory, ladies and gentlemen. Does anybody love the glory of God? Does anybody want to know more about the glory of God? That's the timing of God, is it's all being wrapped up in glory. You and I are being changed even tonight. From glory to glory to glory, even into the same image of Christ. Amen. Jesus said in John chapter 17, the glory that the Father has given me, I have given them. You've been given that. And we're discovering it. We're walking in it. So look, look here in, in uh, John chapter 2. It says, on the third day, there was a wedding in Cana of Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there. And now Jesus and his disciples were invited to the wedding. And this is a, this is a type of the, 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 the wedding feast, the marriage supper of the Lamb. These are, the Jews had these different things. Well, this is, this is a type of that. And he says in verse 3, and they ran out of wine. And the mother of Jesus said to him, they have no wine. And Jesus said to her, woman, what does your concern have to do with me? My hour has not yet come. His mother said to the servants, whatever he says to you, do it. One time my son tried that scripture on my wife. She asked him to do something and he said it was not yet her time. She said, you are not Jesus. (laughs) <laughs> and uh, it didn't work. And I've been, I've been married. I've been going steady for 45 years with the same woman. <laughs> Holding hands. It's pretty awesome. And uh, so we see here, and I want you to see in this miracle, because this miracle is more than just a miracle. Anytime you see the first of anything in the Bible, realize that there's a spiritual law there that many of you know and understand. It's called the law of first mention. And anytime there's a law of first mention, it sets a precedent. It is a standard. And it's going to be reduplicated over and over again throughout the Word of God. It's a, it's a spiritual principle. So there's more going on here than a miracle the end of it says it's the revelation of his glory. It's the revelation of Jesus' glory. So I want you to see here that they ran out of wine. And one of the things I want to just prophetically let you know is that, that our world is in a running out mindset right now. Everywhere we go, we feel the pressure of supply. It seems like courtesy and 
and, and, and niceness and uh, all kind of things are just running out in the world. Limitations and frustrations and all kind of things are running out in the world. And uh, the first thing I want to tell you just prophetically to encourage you is that you and I cannot be imprinted with a running out culture. Do not let a running out culture set a mindset in you because it has nothing to do with the kingdom of God. Our kingdom will never run out. Salvation will never end. Grace will never run out. Love will never stop. We got saved and we're receiving an overflowing cup. We are drinking from an overflowing cup. There will always be enough. Even when you don't see it, there is enough to feed any multitude or do anything God's called you to do. So do not be imprinted with fear right now. And do not be imprinted with a mentality of lack or foreboding or anything else because your father even calls himself El Shaddai, the God who is what? More than enough. And that's in every arena. That's in every dimension. There's more than enough to build the buildings y'all are going to build. There's more than a, y'all are going to multiply. <laughs> There's going to be a lot of y'all, right? It's more than enough. It's more than enough to do what God wants done and to supply all that you need. And it's just not in that material realm. I, I, just, I just want to impress you that it's, that, that, that it's a running out time. But scripturally, even in Ephesians chapter 4, and I'll just kind of teach you here for a moment, but Ephesians chapter 4, the scripture says he gave us gifts so that we all mature and grow up into the fullness of Christ. So the word for us is not running out. The, the word for your future is I'm coming into fullness. The body of Christ is coming into fullness. We're coming into a fullness that is in the image of Christ. See, the first thing God ever gave you was his image. And his likeness. You've been created in the image of God. You are his body. You will look like him. How many of you like it when you're kids? You know, somebody says they look like you. It's awesome. Now, they act like their mother some of the time, but they, I love it when they look like me, right? But it's in the image and the likeness of God that, that we have been created and, and this has been God's plan all along. Amen. Now I'm just trying to decide if I'm going to say something else. See, when man fell, man, man, Adam never had to define himself. Adam never had to sit there and go, who am I? For him to know who he was, he looked at his father. And he was a fire like his father was a fire. His father, God, was a fire from his loins up and his loins down. And Adam just looked at his father. And he could do what his father could do. And he was defined by his father. But when he fell, 
He lost the image of his father and man began to look inward and he began to be defined by his own thoughts and by his own conscience and by his own inadequacies. So what did God have to do to save the world? He had to send the image of the unseen God, Jesus Christ, the perfect God man back into the earth and that's the fullness that's coming on the body of Christ. I'm not trying to tell you I think we're Jesus. I'm just telling you this thing is bigger and greater and more amazing. And God's never going to stop. His grace is never going to stop bringing us into the image and the likeness of his son. Come on, that's, that's amazing. So we are not defined by ourselves. We're only defined by the word of God and by our Father who loves us so much. And then I want you to see this. He goes on and, and his mother said, just do anything he says. And I'm going to tell you in the last days, look at, look at this. He says, uh, says this, it says in verse 5, his mother said to the servants, whatever he says to you, whatever he says to you, do it. And now there were six pots of stone according to the manner of purification or ritual of the Jews containing 20 or 30 gallons apiece. And Jesus said to them, fill the water pots with water. And they filled them up to the brim. And he said to them, draw out some of them now and take it to the master of the feast. And they took it. And when the master of the feast had tasted the water that was made wine, and did not know where it came from, but the servants who had drawn the water knew. The master of the feast called the bridegroom and said, and said to him, Every man at the beginning sets out the good wine. And when the guests have well drunk, then the inferior, you have kept the good wine until now. This beginning of signs Jesus did in Cana of Galilee and manifested his glory and his disciples believed on him. There's coming a time right now, if we're not going to be imprinted by the world, there are going to be these God people, these Jesus image people, these Christian people that we're not just going to walk by information, but we're going to have the beauty and the wonder and the glory of the calling to walk close enough to him that we are walking with his voice. We are going to walk with his voice and there's going to be a difference in those that are walking with his voice. I'm not trying to say just hearing voices. I'm not trying to say anything flaky. I'm saying that you spend time with him and how many of you know he talks? And how many of you know when he speaks there's life? When he speaks to me, there's life. I tell him now, I, because I just want him to talk. So I say, Lord, just talk. I don't care what you say. You know, I, and when I was a young Christian, I used to try to control the conversation. It didn't work very good. It, it did not work well. So finally, I just said, just say anything. Because whatever you say, it's life. It's life. There's, there's so much life in it. And there's going to be those that have the confidence of walking with the word of God. And their life will become miraculous by simply walking with the word of God, with the voice that's in the word. 
the voice and the voice versus the many voices that are around us in the world and the pressures. Whatever they said, and he said, take the pots and fill them. How many pots were there, right? Six pots. How many, you know, six is the number of man. So instead of wineskins with the best wine, Jesus said, go over there to the side, to the back room, to that ritual, to those stone pots, those man-made pots, and fill them up to the brim. Now, there, there, were, there were a lot of, of gallons. If you just filled them all up, there was around 120 gallons of water that were in those pots. How many disciples were in the upper room when the Holy Spirit came? It was 120, right? When the Holy Spirit, you know what the Holy Spirit did on the day? Started filling pots. Started filling stone pots, the number of man. This was a prophetic picture that Jesus said, I'm gonna take man and I'm gonna fill him with the water of the spirit. And then I'm gonna dip out of him to a thirsty world that has run out of wine. Come on, lift your hands right there. Lift your hands and thank him. Come on, get hungry right now. Do it, Lord. Do it, Lord. Do it, Lord. On a level, on a scale that, that they had never seen before. God just broke it. And here's, here's what I want you to see is that you don't have to be extraordinary. We get this idea that I have to be extraordinary. I have to be special. I have to be the smartest. I have to be the, the strongest. I have to be the, all, have it all together. No, these were just stone pots. These were just hand-hewn stone pot six that represent man. How many of you know stone pots are going to have a few imperfections? They're going to have a few cracks. I call them crack pots. They had a few crack pots. They had a few, they had a few imperfections. And see, the, the, the enemy wants to lie to you and tell you that God can't use you or God can't fill you. No, just be available. How many of you know he uses surrendered, available uh, people that are just like, God, here's all of me. Come on. Here's all of me. Here I am. Don't, don't think you have to be extraordinary. You don't have to be extraordinary. He's extraordinary. He's the extraordinary. And the extraordinary moves in you. The extraordinary moves in you. And it's just beautiful because you know that wasn't me. How many of you have ever had God use you in a way like that? And you go, that wasn't me. That's obvious. That wasn't me. I mean, I could tell you my life story. I mean, I look back. I mean, they were just trying to get me out of school. Yeah, I mean, that was a, that was a sign and a wonder. And then he called me to preach. And, and I was the most ill-equipped person for any of that. And, and he healed me of like learning disabilities. He, heard, he healed me of all kinds of things. Just let him fill you. The miracle worker is in the filling. Just be available. Just be hungry. Be surrendered. These are days for hunger. These are days to be filled. And then be in a position where he can just dip out of you. And say, now go over there and... Tell that person I love them. 
Now go over there. And as you go, the, the natural will become glorious. I don't know. I don't know if y'all think about this, but I don't know when that became wine. But I, I kind of visualize it like they dipped it out and it's going, it's water, 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 lips touch it. It's the best wine. And you just got to let God, how many of you want God to dip out of you? Let him fill you and keep dipping out of you. And there will be this most miraculous faith miraculous faith is going to come out of people that are filled and just walking with the voice of God. Just walking with him just in the simplicity of doing what he wants to do. When I was, uh, for much of my Christian life, I, in my prayer closet, I would go in so sincerely and I would go in and I would, I would have my list and and I would do all the stuff I thought I needed to do. And I, would, and I tried to have big faith. And I, I, I tried to, to believe him for all the things I start, thought I was supposed to believe him for. And laying hold of like promises. And I'm talking to him and talking. And it was such a labor. And then, you know, the more I stayed filled, the more I fell in love. How many of you have fallen head over heels in love? You know, once you're in love, it's not work anymore. <laughs> once you're in love, it's not work. And finally, it came to the place where I went in and said, oh, okay, I, I want to be the answer to your prayer. That's what my life is for. Just take this pot, fill me with your loving presence, and I will live for whatever your heart desires. My prayer is your heart. Just let me do the rest of my days doing your heart. That's how Jesus lived. Jesus lived. With eager anticipation, never taking his eyes off of his father and saying, Father, whatever you speak, I will speak. Whatever you do, that's what I do. It wasn't Jesus, it was the father. And Jesus lived to be the answer for the father's desire. And now we as the body, as the pots, as he fill us, we begin to live to be the answer to the desires of the heart of Jesus, for him to know him, to love him, to experience him, and then to just be vulnerable enough. Come on, guys. Just be vulnerable enough and take enough risk to step out there and watch the water of your life turn into wine as God's glory for somebody else out there in the world that needs it. Come on. Come on. And then when the ruler, like we read, when he read it, he goes, you did this backwards. See, I'm just, this is that, that prophetic thought I'm trying to give you. You did this backwards. Everybody always does the best first. And you know, that's the message of the world, again, that wants to impress you that the best has already come. That the best is behind you. 
There's so much pressure on young people these days. I see it. I love young people. And, and it, but, but, you know, they're 25. And if they haven't arrived and done everything, they're like, what's wrong with me? You know, it's like my best days were back when I was 18. No, they are not. You're going to go from glory to glory to glory to glory. So listen, the best days in the church are not behind us. The best days of Jesus' image are not behind us. The best conferences, the best moves of God, the best outpourings, the best, the greatest, the most miraculous, your greatest encounters with God are not behind you. In the kingdom, the best is always yet to come for eternity and eternity and eternity. Do not be imprinted by this world because the best is yet to come. And the scripture for that is that, that Jesus said, the glory of my this house, the glory of the latter house shall be greater than the glory of the former house. You know, um, I've, been around, I've been around, uh, I've been saved almost 50 years which means I got saved like when I got born. <laughs> and, and I can tell you, what was in this room tonight did not happen 30 years ago. It, it did not happen when we, you know, we were singing, um, we were singing, we went into the enemy's camp and took back what he stole from me. We sang that about 15 years. We wore that thing out, I'm going to tell you. There's more glory in the first note tonight than what happened. I mean, I'm trying to play with you, but how many, how many some of you saints know what I'm talking about? It is beautiful right now. And guys, it, it, it's a fullness that's coming upon the body. And, uh, and I, I want to kind of tell you the journey We'll look at Isaiah 60 in just a moment and before I wrap this up. Are you getting anything tonight? Because I want you to be encouraged. I want you to be full of hope. I want you to know this journey your own. Because it's a journey into the fullness of the glory of God. And I, I really, I'm not just saying this. I don't know because God, there's no limit. There's no end to him. And I don't know that, you see, the Bible talks about a, a glory, a, a joy that is full of glory. <laughs> a joy that is so full of glory that when you get to heaven, you will, you will feel like you took your first breath. Like you've never breathed before. When you get to heaven, you're going to be like, oh, I just got, I came alive. You're gonna, you're, you and I are going to touch realms of the glory of God that for eternity we will probably be discovering. We're not going to be bored up there. <laughs> for, we're not just going to sit there and go, okay, it's up. No, for glory and glory and for, for realms of uh, that, that time is no more, we will be discovering him and breathing him and loved by him and experiencing him. And you don't have to wait till then. Start now. Start your journey now. Start it now. It's wonderful. It's amazing what God 
uh, is doing. Look, look over in Isaiah, Isaiah chapter 60. And uh, I'll make a few comments here and just encourage you with the glory of God. Because that's where we're headed. We're headed to the wine. When that water became wine... The disciples saw Jesus. When that water, when that miracle, the Bible says it revealed his glory. In the last days, according to that John chapter 2 first miracle, the later the days, the more he's going to reveal his glory on the earth. And you and I have a front row seat. The body of Christ has been invited to the front row of heaven to stare at the Son of God and behold Him. And it's not a question of enough. It is, it is everything. It is it is the purpose of everything. It is the reason that everything's in orbit. It is the faith of the Son of God. And the glory is about bringing us face to face with the one who loves us. It's all coming to face to face. When Israel came out of Egypt, God delivered them in the blood and he took them out with a mighty hand and Pharaoh chased them. How many remember when you got saved and you got snatched, literally? Talk about running out. I was a teenager in my life. I was running out. And I ran into Jesus from a non-religious family. It was a miracle. Met him in my bedroom baptized in the Holy Spirit in a Baptist dormitory in the dark because I had a, I had a, I had a doctrinal conflict. My girlfriend, Lucy, that I was in love with, it was too late, spoke in tongues. And I am a, I am a just barely saved Baptist. And so they knew everybody. It was old people like Charles Francis Hunter, other people. And everybody that was important laid hands on this Baptist to receive the Holy Spirit. And I was a dry well. I was a pot that was dry. And I, I, I knew something was wrong with me. They would lay hands on me and I was like, uh. <laughs> I was, it was terrible. It went on six months. Six months. I'm just like, I'm like, oh no, I'm in love with her. She speaks in tongues and I can't. It was a real relationship problem. And I'm sitting reading a book by the great man of God, Kenneth Hagin, who's in heaven now. Seven Steps to Receiving the Baptism of the Holy Spirit. And I sat on the couch in this Baptist dormitory all by myself. God bless the Baptist. I sat there all by myself. I mean, I got saved with them, so I'm grateful. And I, I, uh, I read that book and faith came. I heard the voice of the Lord. 
I said, oh Lord, I see it. I've been faithless. I'll receive now. I got up, walked into a dark bedroom. There was no light in it. Got on my knees, lifted my hands, and it felt like literally, literally I felt warm, big, te big Texas or big Florida, hot summer rain splat on the ground. You know what I'm talking about? What do you call those? Florida drops, big splats. <laughs> anyway, I got on my knees and as I'm sitting there, splat. But it felt like hot oil, warm oil. It wasn't hot, it didn't burn. It was glorious. Warm oil went splat, splat, splat. I could feel it. And I didn't know, I didn't know everybody didn't feel that. I'd been trying for six months. And, and all of a sudden, a wind came from my head and went in my spirit, and this heavenly language came out. It was like a rain from heaven. That's another thing that's going to multiply in the last days. We hadn't seen all the rain of revival yet. The former and the latter rain together in the last days. And you know what I did? I'm going to tell them myself. Instead of today, I would have stayed in the room and I would have just gazed at him and loved him and realized I was in a moment with God. No, I did not know better. I spoke out one phrase, had warm oil thing on my head, a little wind run through me. And the first thing I think is I've got to go show my wife, I can, my, my girlfriend, I can speak in tongues. And I left God in the room and ran out. Don't do that. <laughs> Don't. I wish I could run back. God, can we do the hot thing and the wind thing? And I'll stay in the room and I want to encounter you. <laughs> she knocked on the door. I knocked on the door. She opened the door and I went, Shabbat God brought Israel out. Pharaoh chased them. And the Bible says the glory of God. See, the glory's always been there. And the glory of God encamped between them, between Israel and Pharaoh. There was a pillar of fire by night and a cloud by day. It was the glory of God. And it was the glory of God. And we know that the Red Sea is a type of salvation. Where Moses led them across. But it was really God's glory that held and divided the Red Sea. And they went up to the other side. And they never saw those Egyptians again. I've got good news for you. Your sins have been washed away by the blood of Jesus. By the glory of Jesus. And you will never have to be forgiven for those sins again. That was salvation. And then do you remember, again, the glory of God when Israel went into the promised land? The promised land that flows with milk and honey is a type of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. 
It's a type of the spiritual promised land that we've been given here. It's not really a type of heaven because there were giants in that land. And in heaven, there will be no giants. And what happened? How do you remember how they crossed the Jordan? They took the ark. And there were some unknown, unnamed priests. Their names are not recorded in the word of God. They were nameless priests who took the ark and marched into the Jordan River and the Jordan River stopped at flood stage and a nation crossed over when the glory of God was held by these nameless people. You know, I know I'm talking to people and you may be the only person saved in your family. You may be saved and your spouse isn't You may be on a journey going after Jesus with all your heart. And you know what I want to tell you are? You're a priest. And you're having the privilege of holding the ground until your family can cross over into the things of God, into the deeper things of God. And don't ever despise that because God's using you to hold the spiritual ground. And the glory of God will sustain you. And they stood there until a nation crossed over. You know what you're doing in this city? You're holding ground in this city. Every time you worship Jesus' image, you're standing there like priests with the ark and the glory of God for relatives and people and moves of God, moves of God to come, the glory of God to begin to come. But you know, there was one more river that was crossed over and it was by Jacob. He crossed over a river, a little, a little fjord. Jabbok means poured out. And he wrestled with God. And when he came out of it, his name was changed. And he was a prince with God. And he said, I saw God wrestled and I saw God face to face. A nation came out. People, every time there was a crossing over, it was glory of God, but now it's going to get real personal. Now it's going to get real personal. It's going to be you in the face of God. The glory of God's about the face of God. And he's calling us to behold him. Do you know in John chapter one, when it says that in the beginning was the word and the word was with God, the word was God. You know, such a beautiful word. The word prayer is the word prosuche. Part of that word is is to be with. And the picture in John chapter 1 is that in the beginning, Jesus and the Father were face to face. Do you know what prayer is? Prayer isn't just shouting up somewhere. Prayer is face to face. It's face to face. Beholding his glory, beholding the transformation, the glory of God. You know what worship is? It's more than just a song, beautiful. I love that part. But it's a life that never stops kissing the face of God. To worship is to kiss the face. It's all coming to the face. And I love it in worship because when I start, I just start kissing him. 
just start kissing him. And, and you and I have access to kiss the Son of God. To kiss him. Some of the time, obedience is a kiss. Sacrificial obedience is a kiss. Laying down your life is a kiss. Honoring him is a kiss. Doing what he called you to do is a kiss. It's taking time and reading your Bible, sitting in the scriptures and sitting in his feet, you are kissing him. But what I love is when the presence comes and he starts kissing me. It's not a one-way kiss. It is a kiss that is both ways. And it's worship. It's love. It's called into it. You know, in, in, um, in Acts chapter 3 and verse 19, it says, Repent, for times of refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord. How many are grateful for times of refreshing? Be refreshed tonight. Times of refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord. I was studying that because I've, I've loved love revival. 30 years ago, I just made a choice to go after the presence of God. I just didn't want ministry. I wanted the presence of God. I didn't know I wanted the face of Jesus. But that, that scripture literally is saying, times of reviving. Times of refreshing, the word is literally reviving. Times of revival. So a last day's revival a last day's revival shall come from the presence. You can study it out. The word there, presence, is like the Shekinah glory of God. It is a presence so strong that it reveals the face of God. The last day's revival is going to be a face revival. It's not going to be a thing revival. It's not going to be a big name revival. It's not going to be a big thing revival. It is going to be the face of the Son of God. And that's why Jesus' image, you guys, are declaring that to the world. It's the beauty of one thing, the face of the Son of God. Because that is the end time move of God. The glory of God will bring us before the face of God and behold him and know him forever. Come on. Come on. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Everything changes in the glory. And there are many wonderful things that happen but when you come into the glory, it is no longer like I got to do my calling. It is no longer about this or that. It is all about his face. It is all, everything changes. Every priority changes. There's an ease. There's a miraculous flow in the glory of God. What is being done in the last days will be a revelation. It shall reveal the son of the living God. And you know what's going to happen is our hearts are going to get radiated with his glory over and over and over again so they cannot be hard and they cannot be contaminated by religion and there's no thought of going back or giving up and quitting because we are being radiated by the glory of God and our hearts stay tender and there's only one thing we want. He is the reward of all rewards and nothing else compares to him. He's the reward. Isaiah 60. Some of you are going to begin arising tonight. I want you to receive that. You're going to begin to arising out of discouragement. You're going to begin to arising out of despair. You're going to begin to arise out of discouragement and being more 
thoughtful about the past disappointments than the future appointments with the glory of God. And so we just say, arise and shine for your light has come. And the glory of the Lord is risen and rising upon you. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth and deep darkness the people. You got to get this. Darkness is the word gloom, just doom and gloom. And here's what God's saying. That in the last days, there's going to be, it's going to be dark. And we kind of get the idea that it's so, it's dark. It's like dark. It's not the perfect time. God's saying when it's the darkest, when there's doom and gloom and craziness going on in our world, my glory is going to come on you and you are going to begin to rise because your light, Jesus, is going to shine upon you in this world. So yes, there will be darkness, but what have we already learned? We already learned that there will always be a greater glory. No matter what the darkness you ever walk through, there is a greater glory. Doesn't matter what the sin, the grace will always be greater that is out there. It's a greater glory. And then just to wrap this up, he said, and the darkness, the people, but the Lord will arise over you and this glory will be seen on you. I want you to get this. Not only is there going to be a greater glory than, great, than darkness, but the second thing is there's a personal calling to every one of you into the glory of God. It's for you. It's not just for a few, it's for pots. It's for pots that'll just say, fill me. But every one of us, corporately, I love it, but individually, you're being called face to face with him. And then I want you to notice, he says, and the Gentiles will come to your light and the kings to the brightness of your rising. Lift up your eyes and see they will come together. When the glory manifests, things shifts. When the glory manifests, arguments are over. When the glory manifests, nations can fall. Things can change. They said in the Hebrides revival that happened in the early 1900s, one gentleman got on a train. It was in England, in the Hebrides Islands. And, and he said, what is the stop I get off of on the train to go to this meeting? And the conductor didn't tell him a stop. The conductor just looked at him and said, you'll know. You'll know. Because the presence is like none other. You're going to drive into a tangible glory. It's a tangible glory where anything is possible. And God's calling you. Things are going to shift. Nations will shift. This region can shift by the glory of God. Because there will be no battle when God's glory is manifest. Can you receive it right now? Just lift your hands around the room and just begin to receive it. Thank you, Father. Father, I've just delivered what you gave me. And I thank you that Jesus' image and these people 
are destined for great glory. Thank you that that glory, you're going to dip out of them. And the world's going to drink of the wine of your glory. But Lord, I thank you that you're calling each one of them to be with your face. And I just feel to tell you, each one of you, that you are a worshiper. You are a lover. Don't let anything tell you you are not worthy or tell you you can't. You are a radical lover. You are deeply head over heels in love. You are the bride of Christ. And we just release the glory of God, Father. Your glory is going to be upon them. Your hand is going to come upon them. You know, I feel like there are people here that you're called You're called to arise and shine out of discouragement, despair, disappointment, lies, and frustration. And I just feel by faith tonight that it ends. It is is broken by the anointing of God. And that you will begin to claim your birthright for the glory of God. If that's you, just stand or lift your hands around the room. But I say, arise and shine, beloved. Arise and shine. Arise and enter in to the chamber of his great love. And he will dip out of you in the days ahead and reveal your glory. Right now, despair, prostration, disappointment, and frustration melts away. And there is a calling upon your life. There is a calling. And I just hear the Lord say, everything he's appointed for you, nothing has been lost. His good plan shall come to pass, and none of it has been lost. It shall be glorious, and you shall see that I am ever faithful. So fall deeper in love this night. Fall deeper in love this night and be refreshed in the glory of His presence. To get daily teaching from Michael and to follow our event schedule around the world, please follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Be sure to subscribe to the Jesus Image TV YouTube channel as well. By partnering with Jesus Image, you will help us take the saving and healing power of Jesus to the world. Your giving changes lives forever. For more information, please visit us online at JesusImage.tv or write us at Jesus Image, P.O. Box 950-640, Lake Mary, Florida, 32795. Thank you for your prayers and financial support. Jesus is the answer for every life, everywhere.